0: Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Do you believe that God is still speaking to us? Yeah. He never stopped. Sometimes, says that sometimes, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to, those who are watching, uh, this is Pastor Willie, by the way, and uh, sometimes I say things that it might not sound so good. And then when we go home, uh, my wife has the right to correct me. So we we thank the Lord for that. Amen? Amen. That we have somebody who's there to say, hey. But anyways, I hear some people say, this old lady don't stop talking. So this is God is <laughs> God is, is, is speaking to us. He's constantly telling us what to do and what not to do. And uh, he's aware of what we do. So that is... Uh, The title of the message today, God is Speaking. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to us. Just give us ears to hear. Give us a heart to receive your word, Lord. Father, sometimes our heart is so hard, Father, that your word will bounce off, that it doesn't stick, that it doesn't stay. But I pray that you give us a a heart of flesh, a heart, Father God, that was able to receive receive your word receive the word that comes forth lord from your people so we thank you blessed be your name lord we pray that this word today would touch our hearts and help us to really really pay attention because you are speaking to us in jesus holy name amen and amen well we thank you thank you guys for being here i know there is a little bit of difficult time in life but I think it's no better place to be than the house of the Lord. Amen? Yeah. Come on. This is a protected place. God is here. The Lord is always with us, and he will protect you no matter where you go. But I think in the house of the Lord, we have an extra protection. I think if we're walking right. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like, can you imagine the rapture would take place today, and some of us stay here. like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you, I thought that I was safe in the church. <laughs> so your life got to be right. Our life got to be right with God. So he's always cover us. And you can read that in, in Psalm 24, but also Psalm 15. It tells you those who walk in obedience to the Lord, he will always protect you. And uh, so let's, we're going to uh, go in uh, different places. And uh, as I, many times I, I have, Preached before, and not so, not so many times in English, but uh, sometimes I chase the rabbit a little bit. So just uh, kind of go with me. We might find where he's hiding. Uh, <laughs> so you might find where we're going to go with this, but uh, just stay with me for a little bit. Uh, we're going to go to Job 33, and uh, from verse... Uh, and I'm going to probably quote a different part of Job, but we're going to go to Job 33 from verse 14 through 17. Um, very easy to find. Job is just before Psalms. So I guess uh, we experience a little bit here. I don't need to wait too much, right? Because you guys know the Bible. Uh, I know that many people are too accustomed to the technology. And sometimes uh, it's hard to find the page. You ever see it? You ever try to give a, a teenager a phone book, which is we don't have in the but if you have one at home, uh, they have no clue what is that. <laughs> and I think it's going to get to that time where people are not going to know where the where the things in the Bible is. So I'm I'm still old, and I like pages. <laughs> I still use the map instead of GPS. So let's uh, let's go to to verse 14, Job 33, and through through 17. It says. For God does speak now one way, now another, though men may not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of night, with a deep sleep falls on men, when the deep sleep falls on men as they slumber in the beds. He may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings. To turn from the wrongdoing and keep him, and keep him from pride. I want to stop there. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reference to other verses, but I want to stop with that. The first thing that we kind of need to understand that people go through things in life. Amen. Do you have gone through things in life. I have. <laughs> We go through troubles. We go through difficulties in life that sometimes we, we have no clue or we get bent out of shape and we start kicking and screaming and saying things because we have no clue what's going on, yes or no. And in those times, many times, we try to help somebody by sometimes we argue with a person or sometimes we accuse them of doing things. And uh, we argue with the person, you know, because of this, because you're doing this, because you're going through that, nah, 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 nah. and I'm not saying that it might not be helpful, but I think the way to really go about is trying to make that person understand and to do it with love. Amen. It, you go through situations in life and you have no clue why you're going through. You may be upset. You might go in and do all kinds of things. You don't need somebody to come in and accuse you or judge you for what you're going through. What you need to have is somebody to make you understand why this is happening. Amen? I mean, I, I think of, uh, as, and uh, uh, I know the Ms. Ari doesn't mind, but to, for me to say it, and even if she does, does mine, I'm going to say it anyway. Right, Miss Addy? <laughs> but Miss Addy will come around you, and she hugs you, and goes, let me tell you something, my baby. Amen? With love. Let me tell you something, my baby. This is not right. Let me tell you how you do it right. <laughs> yes, with love. With love. And that's what we need. We need somebody to come alongside and tell me the reason why this is happening. If you got a teenager who thinks the car is uh, unbreakable, and you tell them, well, if you're going to go on a long trip, make sure you have oil on your car, and check this, and check that, make sure the tire's okay, and, do it. and you tell them, do all these things. Because if they leave that way, and then they have no clue why the engine blow up, you're going to say, well, did you check the engine before you left? <laughs> I mean... You know what I mean? So, we need, we need to in, let the people know or make them understand, but to do it with love. Encourage them. Frequently, because of all that stuff, I find now that a lot of people, you'd be surprised, that even Christian people, sometimes you think they're mature. Sometimes when they go through life they start almost demanding or questioning God. You ever heard, hear somebody who calls themselves Christian? They say, I am mad with God. You better be careful. <laughs> and so I heard somebody one time say, Well, I, I forgive God. You forgive God? <laughs> I think we need to direct these people in the right way, and say, listen, when you say that you're forgiving God or you're questioning God, you're probably setting yourself up above God. And you think He needs to answer to you instead of you answering to Him. He needs to question you. You don't need to question Him. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. So in Job 38... Thank you, brother. <laughs> In Job 38, verse 2 and 3, it says, Who is this that obscure my plans with words without knowledge? Who is this person? Who are this person? I have a plan, and you basically trying to mess it up without knowledge. You have no clue what I'm doing. I um, I'm kind of short. When the brother Richard's staying next to me, I have to stay away Richard Tucker. When I stay next to him, I gotta go back because if I look at him too long, I get headaches. I'd be like this. <laughs> 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 but you know how wonderful it is to to with kids. Sometimes I, I say this, and kids don't see as far as parents can see. And they don't see the danger that is way ahead of them. And because the father is higher, he can see what's going on over there. He says, I don't want you to go over there. And the kid says, well, I need, I need to go. Listen, I know what's up there. I don't want you to go that way. And this is what God's saying. How could you tell me? Or you're trying to to stop the plan when you have no clue what I'm doing. And Megan says something about going through stuff. Sometimes that stuff that you're going through, God is propelling you, has a plan for you. But we need to not question him or demand an answer. Just saying, thank you, Father. (laughs) Thank you that you know better than I am. (laughs) You know more than I do because I don't understand what's going on, but I know I can trust you. You are my father. Amen? So he says, basically this person who is questioning God, he says, brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. You don't want to hear that from God. Amen? You don't want to hear God says to you, sit down. I'm going to question you, and you better answer. Did your ever your father ever did that to you, <laughs> or somebody in authority say that to you? I never been in the army or any of that uh, military stuff. I know that many of you guys have, but uh, I hear things when the, this this high rank officer call you, you go there trembling because you say, "Oh my God, <laughs> something is going on. It's probably not good." And I think when God says, Sit down, I'm gonna question you now, and you better have an answer. <laughs> Jesus, help us. And then he says, He's gonna question this guy in verse 21, Job 38. He says, God says, Surely you know. And why you know? For you already, for you are already born, and you have lived. Long years. In other words, basically, God saying, you think you know it all. Apparently, you are my age. <laughs> Apparently, you know everything. Apparently, you, you came at the same time I did. And God says, let me tell you something. This white hair, as Richard says, is not here for nothing. Or no hair. <laughs> I being around, I being around longer than you have, and I know what I'm telling you. That's what God's saying. Listen to me. I'm talking to you. You listen to me. But you know something? Just like a father, by God's grace and mercy, by His love and compassion for you, He still kind of blow himself all the way down, and he still answers you when, you when you ask him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that God that we serve, that he still, with all that nonsense that we go through and we do, he still goes all the way down, almost to your level, and says, you know what, I will, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to answer you. And he does answer to us. He does explain it to us. The problem is that we're still not listening. The, uh, not in Global River Church. I'm sure all the kids here and, and some youth here, I'm not picking on anybody, okay? But I, <laughs> did you have any kids that are a little bit rebellious? <laughs> we did. Thank God they're gone already after they leave the house. You feel like, okay, they're done. We're done. My wife and I, we've been on honeymoon for a while now. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but now we have the grandkids, and they keep coming back. So you never really be able to get rid of them. They're still coming back. And like, oh, what are you doing here? I'm going to stay here. What? <laughs> Don't you have your own place? <laughs> Jesus. But the problem is that they, they, they are coming back, that God is, God is speaking to, to you, He's speaking to us, and the problem is that, that we're still not listening. They're still not hearing what you're saying, because God speaks to you through way and different way of speaking. He speaks uh, He speaks to us and to the world, He speaks through His word. His word is the, the, the message. His words is the instructions how to live a life, how to go about, how not to mess up. But we're not listening to his word. We're not, we're not applying it to our lives. He speaks to believers. That the amazing thing of God is that when you receive Christ, when you give your life to the Lord, and you say, Lord, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me for all these things, Lord. Here I am. He, by his grace and mercy, and because of the love, immediately he deposited in you a babysitter. The Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is constantly guiding you and convicting you and telling you this is wrong, this is right, don't go here, don't go there. And you constantly, the Holy Spirit is constantly telling you what not to do. Constantly, thank you, Lord Jesus, for the Holy Spirit, because otherwise without it, we've been a mess. We've been doing crazy stuff. So we thank the Lord that He gives us the Holy Spirit. So He speaks to us through the believers, His children. How many of here, I believe that you know sometimes as a pastors, we believe that everybody. If we see uh, familiar faces, we think everybody's a believer and everybody is. Christians, sometimes we surprise. <laughs> but we believe that all you here are believers. You are here, have received Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you have, if you have done that, the Holy Spirit is in you and God speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. Well, oh, the Holy Spirit speaks to you every moment of your life. And He speaks to us through His Word, He speaks to us in many different ways. I can tell you that he speaks to me with everything. <laughs> I didn't know that until I became a believer or until I study the word and listen to things or hearing things. He speaks to me through everything. I do a lot of stuff outside, and sometimes I don't look like a pastor. And you see my nails full of dirt, and it's a, some kind of black dirt here. It's so hard to get. It's worse than oil. I mean, I use a toothbrush and oil and everything, and my nails always look dirty. I'm like thinking, how in the world people think I'm, what kind of pastor is this? <laughs> I don't like to use gloves, so I, I'm kind of messed up. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you, Jesus. But he speaks to me through a lot of stuff. Sometimes I'm cleaning outside, and you see those little tiny cracks in the cement, you know, all over the place. And weeds goes in there. I'm like thinking, can they find another place? I mean, it's everywhere. <laughs> little cracks. And the Lord, and I'm pulling these things, and it's all deep there, and sometimes they break, and they come out. And I'm, the Lord speaks to me. He says, you know, life is the same way little tiny crack in your life, Satan will put a seed in there. And if you don't take care of it, he will put and put and put and a little bit more. By the time you know, you are full of weeds in your life. And he speaks to me through that. One day when the hurricane came a long time ago, and, and, and trees blowing everywhere and the top broken, but sometimes a huge tree was bent over, like completely uprooted. And I was driving and seeing, and the Holy Spirit says to me, you see that? It's a lot of people in my church just like that. They look big. They look strong. But the root is so surface; it's so on the surface that any wind, any, any, any stone will, top, will, will bring them down. Because the root, they just look like they're strong. They, they, they just look like they're really, really, really believers. But it's because they have not faced the stone of life yet. Wait until they do, and you find out that they're not so strong as they th- you think they are. All this stuff, and I think, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help us. We need, we need to be strong in the Lord, and we need to grow. And I know that I'm, I'm not going to finish what the Lord has because, like I tell you, sometimes I chase this rabbit, and then I have to come back to him. <laughs> so, but he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Amen? How many of you guys say amen? That the Lord speaks to you through the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit speaks to you every moment of your life if you are a child of God. He speaks through a person. He speaks to you through a person. So God has to use a human being to talk to a human being. Amen? You don't want a dog to talk to you. But sometimes even a dog, <laughs> you can have, you know, a dog can, can, can speak to you in a way that you say, oh, my God. So, but God uses a person to talk to you. He, also, he speaks to us through dreams, through problems in life, as Megan said before. And God, God uses all kinds of methods. But what was the reason? Why did God go through such a length of, of, of things and how and things and, and, and trying to communicate a message to you? The reason God does that is because he doesn't want you to perish. He, he doesn't want one person to perish. And God is doing everything that he can to draw attention to you and to, to the people in the world and say, listen, you go going the wrong direction. And he used everything in life, nature, and people, and things, and problems to show you that you go going the wrong direction. That's the reason. It's because he doesn't want anyone to perish. It's not because he, he wants to hurt anybody or because he wants to see anybody suffering. No, it is because we're not listening, so he had to use some things or allow some things so that I can turn to him because he doesn't want you to perish. Look at Second Peter 3, 9 through 11. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. So, when you see God having patience with people that you think they should be. <laughs> Sometimes we, we see people that we think, Lord Jesus, how come they're still here? <laughs> and God is saying, because <laughs> I don't want that person to perish And I am very patient with him. So you need to be patient too. (laughs) Jesus. So he doesn't want anyone, anyone to perish. But everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people are you to be? You are to live a holy and godly lives. That's for us. That is for believers. He's saying to you and to me, if you know this, if I'm speaking to you even today, and I'm telling you that this is coming, what kind of people you should be? And that's when we need to, if we see a brother or a sister maybe not doing the right things, maybe not going the right direction or they're going through some stuff, you put your arms around him and says, let me, come here. Let me talk to you, my brother. Let me talk to you, my sister. I love you. I love you. And because I love you, I hate to see you go in that direction. I hate to see the choices that you're making. Let me help you. Let me tell you the way the way it should be done. So here it is: God says that He doesn't want anyone to perish, and He's patient with people so that they can come to Him. And Joel thirty three eighteen says, "The reason God does all these things is to preserve them from the pit, the lies from perishing by the sword." So God is basically saying. I'm doing all this to preserve them, to go to hell, to stop them from going to hell. As, as sometimes we say, t- tough love. And sometimes, like I said before, God uses a people, God uses a man, to to speak to you. In the case of in the case of David, we see that the Lord. David did something, even though the Bible says that David was after God's own heart. David loved the Lord. David, David, uh, you know, but he he messed up. He messed up. And some of us, sometimes, we mess up. But the Lord's going to use somebody to let you know that you're going the wrong direction. But it's up to you to receive it. It's up to you to receive the correction. It's up to you to see that you are, to, to admit that you are not doing something right. So, God sent a person to David, and this is a a prophet, Nathan, to speak to David. And when Nathan spoke to David, you know the story? He says to David, or David said to to Nathan, after Nathan spoke to him, David says, I have sinned against the Lord. Don't you think he probably would say, I have sinned against, uh, what's his name, the the, Bezheba, Uriah, Uriah? Don't you think he would say, I have sinned against this, this person. I have done him wrong. I should not take his wife. But he was a king. Sometimes you get to a position that you think you can do it all you want. That you can, I'm the king. I can do anything I want. I can have anything I want. And everything is mine. So I don't need to ask permission. If I need to kill somebody, I can do that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so David says... He didn't say, I have sinned against this person. The first thing he says, I have sinned against the Lord. Brothers and sisters, the first one that we offend is God. When we do something wrong as children of God, the first one that we need to ask for forgiveness is God. I have to restore my relationship with God first. If I restore this relationship, this will be easy. It will be easy this way but I have to first come to the Lord and acknowledge and say, "Lord Jesus, forgive me." So David realized that he had sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, "The Lord has taken away your sin. How many of you know that the Lord has taken away your sin? How many of you know that the Lord has taken away your past, you erase erased, everything is being erased from the past? The Lord have taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But. Woo. This hurts. But because. By doing this. You have shown. Out of content for the Lord. The son. Born to you. Will die. Sometimes. And I think. All the time. Disobedient to the Lord brings consequences. You might not see it within yourself. You might not experience it in yourself, but it will go through to your inheritance. It goes through to your children, your grandchildren. Somebody have to pay your disobedience. Somebody have to be accountable for that. And the Lord says, okay, I save your life but your son would die. So David repent and God save his life but the consequences of disobedience is not an easy one. And that's why God wants us to understand that when he, he speaks to you, he speaks to me through a person even today, he's telling us you, you keep your life straight because you might not have to pay it right now you, the consequences of lying Maybe is not going to affect you right now But the lie is going to cause your children to lie And then they're going to be messed up Remember Abraham when he lies by his wife Then Asa, uh, Isaac did the same thing after So as Carrie As Carrie uh, <laughs> says that your children are watching Even the simple thing all are tithing. They might, need, they might not even know exactly what, how much you're giving, how much you're tithing, but the Holy Spirit knows. And the Holy Spirit knows that you've been faithful to the Lord. And then he said, because you've been faithful to me, I will take care of your descendants. I will speak to your, to your children and your children's children. And that's why we need to do it right as, as children of the Lord so that our descendants, our children, will be blessed. So David had to pay the consequences, but, not about. but, but when you pray, let me ask you this, let me tell you this, when you pray and ask God to forgive you, what the Bible says, he is faithful, he is faithful and just to forgive you. So when you pray and ask the Lord to forgive you, he will forgive you and restore your life to be right with God. That's not amazing. Come on. Give a shout to the Lord. You have to give it. He restored your life. When you pray and you ask God to forgive you, He restored your life to be right with God, right standing with Him. In other words, you don't have anything hidden or anything that the God have to say away from me. You have right standing with Him. And that is amazing. Job thirty-three twenty-six 26 to 28 says, after you do that, after you pray, and you have right standing with God, you, you now you, you're okay with Him. You have a—and and I know that as, as, as preachers, sometimes we use too much our grandchildren, or children, sometimes wife, And when we use the wives, we get in trouble. <laughs> so— <laughs> Jesus, help us. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you, when you have right standing with God, he forgives you. And now, you can come to him and tell other people, I was wrong. And look what God did for me. Now you write with God, then that then you that person can pray to God and find fa- favor with Him, and they s- you can see God's face and shout for joy. When you write standing with God, now you write with Him, you can come and see His face. And embrace him. He embraces you. He loves you. He says that he will restore then to a full well-being. He will restore you to the right living with him, to the right blessings. And they will go to others and say, I have sinned. I have perverted what was right, but I did not get what I deserve. Jesus, I preached this on last Sunday, it's a song that it says when grace got you, you know you got away with something so we, when we come to the Lord and we have all this stuff and I repent and ask God to forgive me and he doesn't pay me according to what I deserve and I have all that stuff that was being hidden somewhere I say oh Jesus thank you that I didn't get what I deserve oh, oh, if you know what I have behind my back If you know everything I was hitting there, Lord, and God says, I know. I just, I just forgave you for all that stuff, and I didn't pay you the way you should have been paid. You should have been in jail for 150 years, but I didn't allow you to be there. (laughs) You should have gone to hell, but I prevent you from going there. I saw everything, but I forgive you. So that's what basically, I have sinned, I have perverted what was right, but I did not get what I deserve. God has delivered me from going down to the pit, and I shall live to enjoy the life, the light of life. God prevent me from going to the pit. God stop me from going to hell, and I shall enjoy life. Jesus, when I was getting ready i um i I felt there was somebody in this church, somebody here or somebody listening through through the media um, that this message was for you i don 't know who it is i don't know if there's anybody here uh, uh, i'm not, I'm not trying to pick somebody here or say it's you, but I felt that somebody that was going to be listening to me today um here or through through social media, that this message was for you. Um, Don't let Satan lie to you because Satan is a liar and a thief. Satan is a liar and a thief. If this message is for you, don't let Satan take it away from you or rob you from the blessings that God has for you, that God wants to give you. Because Satan will try to steal everything that God has done for you or God is speaking to you today. He is a liar. And he wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal the, the blessings from the Lord. He wants to steal that, 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 what God is saying to you today. That he loves you. That Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. No matter where you have come from, no matter what you have done, no matter what were you hiding in your life, if you could recognize and you say, Lord, this is me today, the Lord is saying, I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to come back home. I was waiting for you, daughter, to be home. I was waiting for you, my son, to come home. I was waiting for you. Don't let Satan steal that blessing from you. It's a story, or it's a parable that Jesus taught us in in Luke 15. And there's the the prodigal son or the lost son. You know the story. This young man felt like he needed to bathe in mud or something. He needed to test taste the world he needed to go up there and I hear people sometimes they grow up in the Christian home Christian family and there's a church Bible studies and fellowship and worshiping and all these things and Satan praying somebody from the world and they think they're having fun and little by little that young man or that young girl feeling like man I've been in church the whole my life can I taste a little bit of that can I at least know what's that and, and Satan is starting to pulling and pulling and pulling. And this young man, the sto- you know the whole story there about the, the, the prodigal son. He wanted to kind of find out if it, why is my friends having so much fun. I see him with a girl, beautiful girl, this week. And next week he has another one and two weeks later on. And he's he just having fun. And I'm here home. He wanted to find out how the beautiful. How how good that was, and looked like it was so much fun to do all that stuff, to be in the world, and he wants to go out and do all these things, and, and finally he basically says to his father, listen, just give me everything and don't worry. For me, you're basically dead. Let me have my stuff, and I'm just gonna go and do whatever I want to do. But he finds out after a while that without working, your money is gonna dry out. <laughs> Yes or no? I mean, without money, I don't care. I, without working, you might have a lot of money, but if you don't know how to use it, little by little, that money is going to dry out. And not only that, after you don't have no money, your friends don't know you no more. And the place that you are staying, they probably kick you out because if you don't have the no money to pay the rent, you're not going to have a place to stay. So these young men, with all that, glitter stuff of the world that he thought that was wonderful, he find himself fellowshipping with the pigs. (laughs) That was the only place. That's the only place they accept him. That's the only, the pigs didn't care. (laughs) Say, okay, come in. We bathe in mud and just have fun here. (laughs) And that's what the world, that's what Satan is offering to the people and they are being deceived by it, but God's people we know the difference. We've been there. how many of you guys how many of you been there? We've been there. so you're not going to entice me with that with that nonsense? I am a child of God and I know the difference so sometimes it's good to come to the Lord after you went through all that <laughs> this way you know. That that life is, is not good. But anyway, this young man did all that stuff. He bathed in mud and, and fellowship with, with with pigs and all that stuff. And after a while, he realized, oh, my goodness, where am I doing? Why in the world I end up in the, in this situation when I had it so good at home? And I'm, many of you here, some, some young people, I guess you're still living at home and Sometimes we forget how good is home. This young man, I guess he forgot at home he didn't pay rent, electricity, hot shower, nice bed, nice dinner, meal every day. And when he find out, man, I had it so good. (laughs) So I I feel that today we need to appreciate our parents. If you haven't hugged your parents, your grandma, hug them today and tell them I love you. I thank you. I thank you for the house that you have created for me. I thank you for the food. I thank you for your, for your provision for me. I thank you that I live under this house. I thank you that you are my father and you protect me. I thank you. So be thankful for the house that you have, the place that God has given to you, and the, and the parents that God has given to you. Be thankful. This young man did not know what he has until he lost everything. Sometimes you got to lose everything to appreciate what you have. Sometimes you got to go through life, things in life, to understand or to know what you have. I know that it's not not, not an easy task, but if we don't take care of it, if we don't appreciate it, if we don't cherish or protect what God has given to us, that can be taken away. And you, if I now, I wish I have what I used to have. I wish, I wish, I, w- I, I I I didn't throw away what God had given to me. But anyway, this young man left. One thing you see in this parable is that the father never went to get him. And you say, what happened? Why would his father would not run after his son after a while, after a year or two years, whatever whatever the length of time was, and the father go to look for him? He didn't. And sometimes God does, does the same thing with us. It's not that God have abandoned me. This, this power here is not that the father didn't care no more for his son. He, every day, he was on his knees. Every day he was praying. And every day he was waiting and waiting and waiting. You can read the story. Every day he was there Today will be the day that my son is coming home. Today is going to be the day that my son is coming. Today, he was waiting every day. It's the same way with God. When we mess up, it's not that God stays 10 years back, and you mess up for 10 years, and you got to restore 10 years back. No, he's right behind you, right next to you, and all your mess up the day that you say, Lord, he's right next to you. He says, I was waiting to embrace you hours waiting to give you a hug and welcome you back to the home, to the house. He's not, you're not going to have to restore 20 years of the messed up of life that you have done. It's the same thing with his son. But the father says, you know what? I'm going to let it test. I'm going to let, find out what is going on in the world because when he realized, he's going to appreciate the home, the family. Sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes that's what it takes to appreciate the family, to appreciate my father, to appreciate my house, to appreciate my brothers and sisters. And, and sometimes you got to go through these painful trials in life to realize I have gone the wrong direction. Sometimes, many times, when children go to situations in life, the father's a little bit more harder, and says, you know, let it go, and let it happen, and your mother is like, oh no, but I can't see my baby going like that, oh no, I have to help him, I have to, and he's just gonna hit the ground, and here comes the mother, and put your hands there, and pick him up again, and God is saying, you, why are you twisting my plan, let him hit the floor, because I'm the one to pick him up. I am the one to restore him. You're trying to restore his life in a human way, and it's not going to work. Only God can restore him back. So, let it hit the ground. We help, yes. But when it comes to disobedience and blindly rebellions, give it to the Lord. Let the Lord handle it, and the Lord will bring it back home. Change. Amen? The Lord will change them. Amen? Jesus, thank you, Lord. So, the, let, me, let, me, let me say this quickly. The worst thing can happen to a human being, what that would be. Think about it. says A lot of things can happen to us that we say, oh, my God, this is, this is the worst. The worst thing can happen to any human being is that God will say to you, do whatever you want. I let you go, do whatever you want, my friend. Ask God to ever, by His grace and mercy, let you do whatever you want. Ask God to really direct your path every moment of your life. That you need Him. That you need His guidance and instructions and directions for without Him, you walk blind, and you will fall into a pit in one day. So the worst thing can, can, can happen to a human being is if God says to this person, do whatever you want. You can look at Romans 1, verse 18 through 32, and find out what happened to a person when they separate, separate themselves from God. You can separate When the person separates themselves from God, you see how the mind of the human being twisted immediately. Romans 1, I'm not going to read it. You can read it later. So God is speaking, and he's saying to to us, or he's speaking and saying, the world, the way of the world is getting wider and wider. You know that? The ways of the world is getting wider and wider. Everything is permissible. Think of anything, whatever you want to think, killing babies, killing people, abortion, homosexuality, everything is permissible. So the world is getting lack of respect. There's no respect for anything no more, for God or for people, for nothing. So the way of the world is wider, completely open. And that's the reason that the ways of the Lord is getting narrow and narrow and narrow. And it is not, it's not easy to find. Much is much harder to get in. Why? Why is that? Why is it so difficult to find it and so difficult to get in? It is because many people carry too many things. In their lives. In Luke 13, 23 and 24, somebody asked the Lord this question. He says, Lord, are only few people going to be saved? He says to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, would try to enter and would not be able to many. Have you traveled lately? Any plane? You know now that you basically have to carry just one little thing, one little bag before you can... I, I'm from the Dominican Republic, and sometimes we, when we go to our country, we used to take like five bags, huge, big ones. <laughs> just <laughs> we needed like three vans to, to get our stuff from, from, from the airport to to. To the village or the country, the way outside when we're going, we take a lot of stuff to everybody, all the every everything. Today, when you travel, you have to carry a little tiny bag because they don't allow you to carry all that stuff any longer on the plane. So basically, God is saying you better empty your luggage because what you're carrying will not fit in the kingdom. What you have is not going to allow you to get in. So check your bags, check what you have, and drop it for that would not enter. So why is it so hard to enter? Our luggage is too big. You have too many things inside the luggage. And things in there that you think you need it, but you don't need it things in there that you think you need it, but you do not need it. The door is very narrow. You must empty that, 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 that luggage. And Hebrew 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is easily entangled, and let us run with perseverance, the race mark out for us. We are in the race. Do you see those people who raise who, who, things and they use the, the minimal possible clothing that they can use? Why is that? Because any extra will hinder them from running. And this, the Lord is saying to us, we have too many things that entangle us, that keep us bound, that keep us away or, 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 or keep us behind everybody because you carry too many things and you need to empty your luggage. Sin, talk about, I'm not talking about natural stuff, and we know that, you guys know that, but sin will separate us from God, if you, not, you didn't know any sin. I know that we today we have a, a wonderful society that wants to put, uh, uh, how do you call it, uh, one sin is greater than the other and this is greater. My friend, that's a lie from Satan. If you are a believer and you lie, you are a liar. Amen. And a liar is the same as a murderer. If we kill somebody, it's no different for God than if I kill or lie. It's the same. So sin, sin will separate us from God. Sin will prevent God to look at us. Sin will hinder of God listening to us. If we have sin in our life, your prayer doesn't go anywhere. If you have sin in your life and you know that you have it, that would prevent God will look from looking at you. God would not even look at you. We need to check ourselves, my brothers and sisters. We need to check our life. We need to constantly, every day, we're living in a very, very contaminated world. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I don't have no sin. The Bible says if you don't have no sin, you say you're a liar. So we have sin. We have stuff. But every day in the morning, when the, every day and night, especially after the day, you can kind of set yourself in a place or a time, and you say, Lord, I can promise you, as many times uh, um, Neil Blake says, I promise you. I promise you that if you, at the end of the day, kneel somewhere, just you and the Lord, and you say, Lord, show me where I have messed up today. And the babysitter that lives in you, which is the Holy Spirit, will tell you everything that you did that was not pleasing to God that day. I promise you that. Check it out and find out. And next Sunday you come and you let me and you say, Pastor Willie, you lie. That was not true. I did something. And the Holy Spirit didn't tell me nothing. So I would say to you, you better check your salvation. Then <laughs> you better check your salvation because if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will not allow you to do anything contrary to the Word. So, Amen. You got to check your salvation if you're not feeling no conviction of your sin, the sin in your life. Even if it's the smallest lie, check your salvation because we will have to answer and we will leave this world one day. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. We're almost done. Isaiah, I'm going to finish in time. Maybe two minutes. woo Jesus. Isaiah 51, 9. I'm sorry, 59, 1 and 2 says, Surely the arm, the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, or his ear too dull to hear. But your your iniquities have separated you from your God. In other words, your sin, my sin, is what separates me from God. It's not that God separates himself from me, it's that I choose myself to separate from him when I do things that is not pleasing to him, when I sin. So he says, your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he would not hear you. What I just say to you is in the Bible. Sin separates you from God. Sin will prevent God to look at you. And sin would not hinder that God would listen to you. And it's in the Bible. You can read it again in Isaiah 59. But when we confess, that's the thing. That is the merciful and the loving Father that when you confess your sins to the Lord, he is faithful and just that he will forgive you if you repent. Many times people think that they confess the sins without repenting, and it's okay. No, you have to repent in order for God to forgive you. Not just say, Lord, I messed up. Oh, okay. Go and mess up again. No. You repent, you ask God to forgive you, and you repent. You have remorse. One time I say in the, in the Spanish service, Sin, it, it, it had to hurt you so much. It's like walking. And, and if you I don't tell you to practice this, but if you want to, you can go ahead if you're that, that foolish. But you can break, let's say, five bottles of glasses in the front of your door. And walk with no shoes and see what happens. It's going to hurt you. And you probably say a few choices words that you don't want to say when people are next to you. But anyway, that should be the way sin would hurt you. It hurt me to hurt my father. It hurt me to know that I am a child of God. And do what I did, or say what I say, or or, or look what I'm looking, or hearing what I'm hearing. Lord, it's gotta hurt me so bad that I will not do this again. I beg you, if you walk one time in those glasses, you never, ever do it again. Never. You remember for the rest of your life, and that's what God wants—not to not condemning you, but to say, I will never do that again. I will never go. And spend the night with those pigs again. Ever. In my life. They stink. You ever drove in, in, into the farm of pigs? Or, or nearby? Oh my God. Miles away and you can know, oh, some pigs here. Can you imagine sleeping with that? <laughs> That's got to be the worst thing. <laughs> Jesus. So when you confess your sins to the Lord, he is faithful and he will forgive you. And we finish with Psalm 32. And, and I can kind of uh, just paraphrase it because maybe lack of time to read it. But this 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 psalm tells us that, that David, he tried to hide something. He was trying to hide his sins. He didn't want to kind of admit it, I guess, or confess it. Or at least maybe he's talking about the sins that he committed with Bathsheba. And then he, he kind of hide it. But it says in verse... Verse 1 and 2 it says, blessed is he whose transgression are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Then he goes on to say, he was silence." and you know, when you keep silence of things that you have done wrong, that things eat you alive if you are a believer. Oh, my goodness, the Holy Spirit in you, it continually is like a, like a drill going through you. And like, oh, you know, I don't want. And, and they're constantly reminding you, you need to fix it. You need to get it ready. You need to get rid of these things. And, and constantly, so that's what basically says, my bone, man, it was melting in me. And I needed to confess this to the Lord. And he forgave him. It says, therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely, when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with sons of deliverance. I will, and the Lord says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And I will counsel you and watch over you, over your life. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this message. I thank you for your word today. Father, I pray this, as children of the Lord, Father God, that we train our ears to hear you, to listen, to see. You speak to us, Father God, through weeds and trees and people and your word and Holy Spirit. You're using all methods and very loudly speaking through the world, to, to the world, speaking through your, through your children, Father. So, Lord, I pray that, we, that you help us to connect it, to listen to you and follow your instructions, your directions, Father. I pray that you bless your people today. Help them, Lord, to stay connected. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Blessings. We pray that uh, the Lord will bless you and everything you do today. And if you need prayer, just come forward. And ministry team, if there's anybody here today, I guess everybody is gone. But the, we're here. all we're, oh, we're here. Thank you, Jesus. So the ministry team can come and if you need prayer, let's pray. I know that Sarah is going to drive back to Washington today. What time are you leaving? So we pray protection and blessing, mighty warring angels around your car, the blood of Jesus from top to bottom, and the front and back, the engine and the transmission and the seat, everything covered by the blood of Jesus, for she is your daughter, Father God, and we pray for a wonderful traveling to be with her family, protect her Lord, and bring her back home safely. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Blessing.